I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Sendit Philippines. Sendit is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e-wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also powered by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. You want to know the stories. You work hard. You have a good reputation. Acknowledge them and acknowledge God, of course. And then you show this is what you've done and we're able to do everything that we've done. When you can support and you can help, do so. Stop talking. Stop fixing the blame. Fix the problem. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. It's a brand new season and I am completely in awe because I have one of my heroes, one of the people I look up to. So one of the best statesmen in the Philippines. And again, it's such an honor to start this season right. You know, break away from the startups and technology a little bit because we need to talk about COVID and how we're going to defeat it from the point of view of the Philippine Red Cross. And of course, there's no better person to help us out and dissect that in this episode other than, of course, the head honcho and also the senator of the Philippines, Senator Dick Gordon. Senator, thank you so much. I am still in shock. I'm pinching myself. Welcome to Hustle Center, Senator. My honor and privilege, Ron, sir. I mean, I, I enjoy being with young people in the new media and uh, new techniques and how to approach people, communicate to them so they understand things better. We need that in our country. Absolutely. Again, thanks very much for your time. And let's go straight to the jugular because I know you don't have much time. So I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Senator, What's your hustle? My hustle? My hustle is, uh, you know, it's gotten tighter through the years. I used to be very happy all the time, <laughs> joke around all the time, but uh, times have gotten difficult. You know, uh, uh, when I was younger, I played track and field, I played basketball, oh, I wow. played football, I debated, I 
I uh, partied and uh, at the same time, I made sure that I was also involved in extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Elferville uh, to help kids there. I taught atheism in the schools, uh, not in the school, but in Barranca for the adults. Wow. And so many other things. I served mass in Latin, by the way. What? <laughs> I, uh, I was wow. in the ROTC. I was an officer. And certainly, I, I love to hunt uh, for food. Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever we caught, we ate. Uh, didn't, I didn't hunt to feel that I'm a mighty white hunter or something. Like that. <laughs> I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed my life. And then one day, my father was assassinated, or they started killing oh, him. Man. And uh, he was uh, a man who was born an American. He's Mestizo. His father was an American. His mother was a Tagle from Imus. His great grandfather of uh, uh, my father was uh, Jose Tagle, who won the first victory of the revolution against Spain, yes. and have a cannon and grab 30 rifles and then followed up with another victory on the second day, getting wow. 100 rifles and defending the Quartel in uh, wow. Ilus. So we come from that kind of stuff. And we are kind of mixed up. I'm both American and Filipino, uh, growing up in an in a American-Filipino community with a base. And I can tell you the hustle was kind of hard. Some called mm -hmm. me American boy, GI okay. baby. Things like that, and I was bullied when I was going to Manila for school. I fought wow. back, and I said that that my father elected to be a Filipino. You're all Filipinos by accident. <laughs> that is amazing. But again, thanks for that amazing trip back. But I also need you to buckle up, Senator, because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine. Well, we do have a time machine here, Senator Oha. So you actually gave us already a good glimpse of who Dick Gordon is prior to you know public service. But what took you to now take that leap? Because I envision that you know we all I always talk about it in the show that entrepreneurship is one of the least traveled roads, and I, I envision politics to be the same because you have to have a lot of guts or public service. But what made you take that leap? towards, you know, a love for serving the public and your constituents? I've always prided the fact that I'm a well-rounded person. I read books, I read history, I read nonfiction, biographies, and everything like that. But I also went into business. Uh, when I graduated from the Ateneo, I went into Procter & Gamble. Oh, I was wow. A brand new. I introduced Safeguard. I handled You tight. did Safeguard? What? Yeah. So, wow. I learned my marketing capability. Such a great, great place to get a master's degree without going to Wharton or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you get a, practically a master's degree in, in one year because yes. the work uh, was really uh, exhausting. You, know, you, you enjoy it because you learn a lot of things. And uh, that's where more than before that, uh, my, my parents were deep in the work ethic. It enhanced my work ethic. But mm. then my father's uh, assassins kept attacking him. There were three attempts on his life, and on the fourth attempt, they finally killed him. Wow. And so when they killed him, I had to leave Procter & Gamble, join my mother in the province, and then went to law school because I wanted to find out why the, the law is so slow. And in the mm -hmm. middle of my second year, uh, when my father was being laid to rest, I kissed his coffin and said, I'll make you proud of me. The Constitutional Convention was called, and I said yeah. I was going to be the youngest delegate to the Constitutional Convention. Wow. And I quit law school, and my... Teachers were livid at me. They said, why are you leaving? I mean, you're not you're not even qualified. You're not even ready. You're just a second-year law student. Wow. I said, I'm going to do it. And my mother was livid. She didn't want me to run. Besides, I had gotten married at that time, and she didn't want me to get married. And, you know, that shows you how strong I am sometimes. Mm -hmm. I lobbied with her. I pleaded with her every night. I would knock on her door, go to her house, and uh, never gave up. But in the, the long and the short of it is, when I ran for the Constitutional Convention, I said, Bata ka pa, you're too young. And I said, when you buy a carabao, what should you buy? A young carabao or an old carabao? <laughs> <laughs> Easy question. Of course. It's the sure. sexy young carabao. Somebody told me that I should stop uh, fleshing the flesh because I was more effective in explaining the issues and talking to the public. And I did. And right away, we electrified that province. And I topped the elections. I was number one. And then when I got wow. to the Constitutional Convention, I was the youngest delegate. I fulfilled my dream. And when that happened, I swore in 
the president of the Constitutional Convention, Jos Adam Macapagal, oh, I administered wow. the oath of office before him to him as the youngest delegate. That's one oh. of the centerpieces of my life, although it's form, not yet substantive. Mm. But of course, uh, we work. If you have a bill of rights, I work for the bill of duties and obligation. Puro mm. kabige, you yeah. know, you have to, write to live, uh, you have to write to uh, protection from searches, etc., etc. Mm. So I said, you must have the right duty also to serve the country, both in the civic level and toward the defense of the country, of and to contribute to the development. And so I concentrated on that. I supported the uh, lowering the voting age. And there are many others, you know, I fought against Mr. Marcos. I did not vote to extend him. He was mm. upset. And uh, wow. I supported a man by the name of Quintero who exposed that they were giving money to the delegates and I really got into trouble. And uh, I said, those who got money should not be allowed to vote out of Delicadesa during the ban Marcos thing. Wow. And boy, my own fraternity brother came to me and said, you know, Brad, you're my brother, but I'm gonna beat you up if we do this. You know, words like that. Wow. And I said, <laughs> I am not a coward. Mm. So that was a line that I developed through the years. Mm. The long and the short of it is, uh, we finished the convention. Marcos changed the, uh, mar declared martial law and changed the latter part of the constitution. And so wow. we were in the ages when democracy was uh, restricted. Correct. And, uh, in the meantime, I finished my law school, went to Accra Law, which is one of the top law firms in the country. Wow. Did a lot of legal work. And then finally, um, uh, an old friend of my father came to me and said, what are you doing here? Your father would turn over his grave. Why don't you go back to Olongapo? He's going down the tubes. So I became mayor of Olongapo for the next yes. and fixed up Olongapo, you know, color-coded jeepneys, color-coded tricycle drivers, body mm -hmm. numbers, so there's no crime, and uniforms with their names on the back. And wow. with slogans like aim high, right. I thought vision, values, voluntarism equals victory and the vision was one day the bases are going to leave whether we like it or not and we should make it a free port. Even as early as the Constitutional Convention, I had done that already. That's I amazing. became a very driven person after my father died. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we pushed it. And eventually after, uh, during the time, with all the innovations that we made, we got reelected, of course, and then uh, the Kabanatuan earthquake happened on July uh, mm -hmm. 1991, and uh, we, uh, 1990, I'm sorry, and then we uh, rescued people out there. Uh, right. I was ready in the Red Cross. Uh, I will let the rescue. I, I didn't even remember who I rescued, but one day, uh, about 20 years later, uh, I was in Bongabon visiting uh, the uh, municipality, one girl came to me, hugged me, and started crying. And she said, I was one of wow. those who rescued. Wow. He told That's me a story. And then he go, Yana si Gordon. Sino ba yung Gordon na yan? I'm dying here. Dapat dumating na yan. And then I didn't even know we rescued her. We just, uh, I just mm -hmm. helped carry bodies out. And uh, later on, she became a school teacher. Sir, I'm wow. now a school teacher thanks to you. And there are many others that we did. Uh, uh, in the past. So my my love affair with the Red Cross started with my wa my mother, who mm -hmm. was in the Red Cross in the 50s and all the way to the next 63 years. That's she amazing. She died. Right. And so uh, she'd wake up in the middle of the night, uh, look for blood because there was no formal blood back at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, wake up Americans who were drunk and uh, give them coffee and then stimulate, you know, and then eventually they give blood. And so she saved a lot of lives adopted a lot of kids, not legally, but uh, raised them, maybe about 200, 300 kids. And uh, I have sisters in America who are now mm -hmm. and stuff like that. To that's make a long story short, uh, that's where I got my roots. My father always told me to have dignity, to have a high sense of duty, duty and determination, and always make sure that the future was my friend, that I was not afraid of it. That we overcome fear. We do not let fear overcome it. And ever since that time, you know, we've gone on. Uh, we were uh, we were we went on to Subic uh, right. when they, after Pinatubo. That was the right. high definition. Mm -hmm. You know, got hit by Pinatubo. Everybody was uh, losing their homes. People were dying, yep. and the I heart. never left them. And uh, it was like uh, the end of the world. And uh, 
Uh, we went to the hospital, pick up dead bodies out there and live oh, bodies, and we helped them. We went up to the mountain, helped the Aitas, and we saved the Aitas when we brought them to the uh, to the city. They oh, were dying. You know what I discovered? I was wondering why they were dying. And I said, let me take a look. And I found out when I went around, there were a lot of canned goods that we gave them that they were selling in exchange for vegetables. So I figured we were giving oh, them the wrong diet. So we changed the diet, gave them fish and vegetables, and the dying stopped. Mm. And uh, that's what happened. A uh, lot of stories about that. Yeah. Uh, then the floods came, and I called the ITAS to help us uh, put uh, uh, bags of sand to contain the floods going to the city. See what mm. I mean? The world changes. We saved them. Now they were saving us. That's so that was a great experience. And then after that, one year after that, we were not, they were not even gone up on, uh, on our feet. I lost four theaters. What? What happened? My gosh, they, they moved the bases. And I said, you know, you broke our rice bowls. We just lost our homes. Now you're breaking our rice bowls. Mm -hmm. So I lobbied in Congress. We lost. Then I lobbied in Congress to make me the first chairman of what I call the Subic Bay Freeport. I called it Argo mm -hmm. at first. It became Got very it. controversial because they said at Argo means Attorney Richard Gordon of Olongapo. Argo. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Subic Bay Metropolitan Authority. Mm -hmm. and, yes. Uh, then we got, uh, we had uh, 8,000 volunteers, later on 12 to 29,000 volunteers, and it got the respect of the world. Nothing was stolen. And we built nice. the airport, we got FedEx, we had APEC, we got Acer, and I had young people like you who were from Harvard, from Stanford, mm -hmm. from UP, from Ateneo, wow. from FEU, you know, from the public schools, and we were all working together. And that's when I coined Shared Vision, Shared values, shared triumphs equals, uh, you know, shared struggles equals shared triumphs. Got it. And that's the first part of my life, if you like. Got it. Now, Senator, before we uh, take our first break, I just want to know, because again, you, you have a well-celebrated, and again, I've always been a fan of how you, you know, do your public service. And I, I, I wish I had a time to talk about your whole illustrious career because you've been, again, just a gift to the whole country. But I want to understand two things. First off, is that between the Red Cross, which has been in your life since 1986 or probably even longer than that, how do you find the time to balance out public service, wherever, you know, Senate, mayor, tourism, you know, but Red Cross has always been the constant in your life. How do you buy the time out in between and do well in both things? Well, my cause for the country is uh, liberation of the spirit that we can believe in our country and make it like Japan, like Singapore, like Korea. We haven't gotten right there. But yeah. the other side of the coin is my cause for suffering humanity, which was taught by my parents. And so uh, that kept me going and that keeps me going because it's not as simple as giving blood. Now we're into dialysis, yes. that's free. Now we're into disasters and we have right. amphibians and we have ships. We had always went higher and higher and our raising of money allowed us to we have uh, our own building. Uh, now we have several buildings. We're into land building now so that uh, wow. the records can survive without me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went into molecular laboratories, risk taking. Wow. And I did risk taking as well as a mayor of Olongapo. Mm. I made jeepneys paint their jeeps yellow. And there was a you and outcry. You guys on the main road, you painted yellow because the uh, Americans would ride that jeep because they know it's going back to the base. Yellow, the signal And then the green one, you go to the market, green for vegetables. Blue, you pass by the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know, they said, oh, you have a factory. And I, said, I said, just follow me. Later on, if it doesn't work, you can kick me out. I've always been a risk taker. I uh, took over Subic and I said, all right, every base here has been stolen. Nothing happened. I took a risk. I said, I'll take over and I'll promote it with volunteers. Everybody told me I was crazy. That's another risk. And we did it again. In the Red Cross, I also do those risks. You know, Got I it. take a risk and say we'll gamble on molecular laboratories. Now we have 14 molecular laboratories in the country. We're the biggest tester uh, yeah. of COVID in the country. Uh, we are one out of four Filipinos are tested by the Red Cross. And wow. one out of three in Ground Zero in Metro Manila is tested by the Philippine Red Cross. Wow. And we have even done into saliva testing, which is exactly. cheaper. And we're doing that. And then we're now going to vaccination. And we're doing that. I even bought... Vaccines, because the government was so slow. And right. the original vision was to buy one, 
uh, vaccine and give it to a poor guy. So when you pay for Moderna, you pay for the other guy who's poor. Right. And you know what? They, they didn't like it. So I said, all right, we'll just give it to all we'll the members. Of the they Got pay it. the recovery cost. Who the hell cares? And I say, we're still going to give the poor. I don't give a damn if they call it the moment we have it. We'll do whatever we want with it for the benefit of mankind. Absolutely. And that's what it's supposed to be. All right. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I'm like that. I take uh, risks so that uh, uh, the proper thing to do is done properly. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, we now have 170 ambulances. Everybody said, I have a Gordon's Folly, the ship. It's not <laughs> yes, It's a ship that can carry it. I, I learned from right. my... When the, when the ports are down on an isolated city like Catanduanes, Tang, mm -hmm. you need the ship of your own to bring your trucks, your ambulances, Correct. your food, your, you know, everything. And people see that the only thing that matters to them, I see hope. When I see that ship, there is hope. Boy, it's all worth the price when they see hope is, along, is on the way and that the lifeline is coming. So how do I balance it? Equally. Like my mind can... Uh, uh, process both uh, instances. Both are problem-solving things. One is policy. The other one is policy and implementation. And I like implementation because I like to see things that are done very, very quickly. I needed right. it yesterday all the time and never tell me uh, present progressive is being done because I'm really going to blow my top. Mm -hmm. so I have five Fs. Okay. The five Fs are you must be focused on your work. Okay. You must be fast. Right. You must be friendly, cannot be corrupt, you must be understood, you right. must be flexible. When you reach a dead end, you don't stop and say, right. you kill over and die. Uh -huh. You're flexible and then you're forward looking. You're always wow. looking at the next man. Five, five Fs. Fs. If that you do not do that five Fs, you are have the six F. And you know that means. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can say that in this podcast, but I want to. I vowed myself, I vowed to myself. <laughs> That I will be a good boy. I usually say it in normal episodes. <laughs> but okay, I will take our first break. And when we come back, let's now do a deep dive. Because again, you already laid down the whole uh, carpet of how the Red Cross has functioned, what's in the, the whole army per se, or what you've been able to accomplish. But I want to do a deep dive on the tech side. Because again, shout out to Weston Lim, the guys from Dash Labs who we had a few uh, weeks ago uh, on, on this show. And I want to do a deep dive on how we are currently battling COVID and how we're going to beat it. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's been over a year and a half since the pandemic has started and completely bamboozled us because it changed and altered how business is done in the Philippines. But if there's a silver lining that I've seen, the businesses and startups that thrive now are those who are not just digital, but also make it easy for their customers to pay them. And the thing is, no matter how great you think your product is, your startup won't scale and achieve real product market fit if you don't do an omni-channel approach in getting your customers payments. Now, we've discussed so many options of how to get that done in this podcast already. However, what if you can just get that done using just one product? And that's why I highly recommend that you guys use Sendit. Sendit Philippines is the leading payment gateway in the country, and they allow businesses to painlessly and seamlessly accept payments from their customers. And these payment channels include credit cards, direct debit, e-wallets like Gcash, PayMy, and GrabPay, retail outlets, and pay later. Now, I'm not going to recommend this if we are not a user ourselves. We use Sendit in Podcast Network Asia and getting payments from our sponsors and also disbursing money to our podcasters. Now, it's not just us because there's a lot of legit Filipino startups that achieve scale that are using Sendit to get this done, just like our friends from Kumu. Now, if you're interested to use it for your business or your startup, we're going to make it very easy for you to get started because you are a listener of HustleShare. And that's why we're going to give you access to Sendit's SME program, which to send its org-wide initiative to help our SME customers grow and scale. Through this program, they will waive up to 1.6 million pesos per business and free transactions just by signing up today. And it's only applicable to new Sendit merchants and for transactions excluding cards. 
So if you're interested, just click the link in the description box of this episode to find out how to join. So if you have a business or startup that's gaining momentum now, I highly suggest you start investing in this infrastructure like Sendit to allow you to scale, not just now, but for a post-pandemic world. All right, let's get back to the show. And we're back from the break. We are still with Senator Richard Gordon. Again, thanks so much for that amazing. I, I was trying to catch myself not to drop my jaw on the floor. Like, no, Ron, this is an interview, not, not a TV show. Okay. So again, thanks very much for telling us what Red Cross, what you've been able to build. But I am curious on several fronts that I want to know. Because by default, Red Cross is a nonprofit, right? And I've grown up having... A, a satellite of the Red Cross in my school as a, as an org, you know, they always talk, talk about it. Red Cross Youth. Yes. Those, those little things that, you know, there's always well represented. So I've always seen this, but I've always wondered how can you maintain scale in the ability to continuously pay it forward to the masses without, if it's, if, if it's not for profit, how does that even work? Well, uh, you have to be a risk taker. Okay. Uh, you know, you have to be a good uh, uh, seller of the Red Cross that it does help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get help from the entire world. We got wow. help from our sister societies. Okay. And because when I took over the Red Cross, we weren't even paying Jews. Wow. So I had to catch their attention. Okay. Uh, you know, the Red Cross was there in the red. Nobody was paying attention to our obligations to the International Federation and the International Committee. So I said, no, we must pay. We cannot be freeloaders, and we did pay. Wow. And then at the same time, you know, I was always noisy when there was conventions. I did not agree with the slow, traditional way of doing things, and that's rare in the Red Cross, a very conservative organization. Sure. So they got their attention. They made me uh, governor of the federation, of the International Federation, what? on two occasions, and two four-year terms. Yeah. And then at the same time, uh, we dreamt of great things. I I used my very influential uh, connections uh, growing up in Ateneo, UP, and having a lot of friends in the law office. Right. I said, why don't you donate one ambulance? Why don't you mm. donate a rescue truck? Why don't the four of you gather together and donate this rescue truck? And then it grew. And then every time we went, uh, they would see it. Then I went to Japan. Why don't you donate some of your second-hand fire trucks? You know, I got that about 17 years ago, and they're still running until now. That's why the Japanese are our partners. Mm-hmm. And then when there was a disaster in America, uh, where they, they, have, they got hit by uh, Katrina, yep. we gave $25,000, a very small amount. Right. But at least that was an amount that uh, was appreciated because uh, they, show, they saw that we were in solidarity with them. Yes. When uh, Pakistan got an earthquake, we gave them $10,000. We raised it. Mm. Then when Japan got hit, we were able to raise $2.4 million from what? our people. Yes. Amazing. Right. So because of that, not transactional now, mm. whenever we seek help, they see first, do, do these guys have the capacity to disperse the money? Can they spend the money quickly? Can they work fast? Mm. And then we showed them that... Uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, we built homes. Right. Uh, I had already built 50,000 homes by the time uh, uh, Hayan hit us, where we built another 80,000 homes. Yeah. Uh, I suppose uh, we have now 151,000 homes. Uh, oh, and yeah. so when in Australia had a fire recently, uh, we sent 100,000 Australian dollars. So when they came back, they gave us about $7 million. Seven, Seven yeah. uh, million, uh, several million dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, every time there was a disaster, they bring equipment like field hospitals, and they would leave it behind because it was too costly to bring it back, and we would use it, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, we kept it in good condition, so now we're still using it, and then the molecular labs, I got my friends to give twenty-five million dollars a piece for each molecular laboratory. Twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> we also gave twenty-five million pesos a piece for the ship, so they what? see it's there. So the moral of the story is: you work hard, you have a good reputation, you acknowledge them, and acknowledge God, of course, and then you show this is what you've done, and we're able to do everything that we've done. And now, when I go there, 
It's like a salesman saying, I can show you all the houses uh, that uh, we built and they will continue to give us uh, more houses because, uh, or more support because uh, they can see that this what's happening. And then yeah. I said, uh, all right, there's COVID, we will need a COVID ambulance, which is uh, what you call negative pressure ambulance. Right. The laboratories were negative pressures and they will be building so fast. And you know, uh, when they saw that we had a negative pressure laboratories, the first four, the government came in and said, this is what we need because RITM, the main laboratory of the country, right. was only doing 200, 300 tests a day and yeah. we were doing 1,000 tests a day. Wow. For, uh, for each machine, for four right. machines. So they said, will you test for, uh, for us? Okay, sure. So I got another four and then another eight. So we have in Manila alone, we have 16,000 tests a day. And then we started putting it in um, uh, other areas like Subic, like Batangas. Right. We put it in Bacolod, we put it in Cebu, we put Cagayan de Oro, Sambuanga, Shargao, and uh, everywhere. So uh, now we, we have all this, uh, we have the donations, and of course we have to charge the recovery cost. So we have money whether you like it not coming, and we are able to move it. Right. Now, uh, uh, I started, started doing, I start everything with what is available. I got a second-hand truck uh, for uh, rescue and floods, a six-by-six nice. six Japanese truck, and mm -hmm. I just uh, painted it, and then uh, it worked very well. And then I got uh, a second-hand van, and I made it into a food truck. Now I have about 20 new vans that are brand new that can wow. supply food, Cook food if you're in the uh, evacuation center. You know, mm. there's no place to food. We do that. Nothing is impossible. There are no toilets. We built toilets overnight. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we built those, uh, 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 what do you call it, event uh, toilets. And there's always somebody to clean it up. And we paid them. And uh, a lot of people help us with that. Right. So people were very happy. And then Got we it. started doing, uh, giving cash instead of food. Instead of uh, handing out food, right. uh, we give out cash because that gives them more dignity. But that was very transparent. We did it through a bank, and they have to sign up on it, and then we mm. can report. These are the people we gave money to. The houses, we colored them red. Not because mm. they're red houses, uh, but because uh, they're red roofs, so the people know that that's the house we built. And right. we have pictures of the people who are in there, 151,000 pictures showing the pictures of the people who were the beneficiaries. So when somebody tells us, where did you bring my house? Oh, you're in the Barangay Deed. All your 69 houses are here. These are the names and the pictures of the people who are occupying it. So integrity is so important. And that's how we survive. That's amazing. Now, you're talking about all these investments. There's one investment that you recently did, again, shout out to the Dash Labs voice, that really blew my mind because you attacked I mean, COVID just really hit us hard and we didn't see what hit us as well. It was so fast and nobody was prepared. But what I love about what you started doing is you now invested into technology and data to properly track and empower how this would work. Can you walk us through what, what brought in this, these guys from Dash Labs? Because what they built are now technically, you know, Silicon Valley material, but it all originated from battling COVID and getting all these top-notch tech guys to, to come in and contribute for a cause. Well, consider this. When you have a testing facility, mm. they give you the test, the sample, and you have to finish it within 24 hours to 36 hours. Yeah. And you have to make sure that they're the correct sample and that they're properly barcoded yeah. so that they will know. And you have to properly send it to their email address and you have to get the right data. We started with some people. I have a friend who has a, a, a business uh, and uh, he sent us some of his, a uh, couple of his uh, programmers. And then it got bigger and bigger and they couldn't handle it. And then I got, I found these guys from Savior, young yep. people. Uh, and I, I like that. I like young people. Working with young people has been my forte. Mm -hmm. I double summa cum laude is working for me in Subi. You know, wow. I had them from Harvard, from Wharton. Stanford, from all this, and because you know, bill of duties and obligations. And uh, remember, I said it is a duty of every citizen to contribute to the development and welfare. Yeah. Now, these young people from the dashboard came, came from Savior, have good degrees as well, 
but I don't look at the degrees. I said, those are just props. Those are just props. What is important is you can do it. And they did. And they mm -hmm. developed a winner. So right. now people know uh, they have their barcode. Uh, they know right away what time they're going to get their test. And we can search for them because before that, wow, it took us a day and a half or two days to find out because there was no system. And these mm -hmm. young men and women put it together. I'm so proud of them, so proud to work with them. Mm -hmm. And I raised them to the country because to me, that is what every Filipino youth should strive for. When you can support, when you can help, do so. Stop talking, stop fixing the blame, fix the problem. Exactly. And that's that's what also, again, a lot of the listeners of this podcast does. They're, we're trying to put our own small way, we're, not, we're using technology to harness that, to create solutions to the problems that we see. see the, problem that really, the problem really in this country uh, uh, is uh, basically our fear of ourselves, our incapability that has been inculcated in our minds uh, since we were a colony of Spain. You know, yeah. before that, we were never afraid. Lapu-Lapu uh, was portrayed as a killer. He was not a killer. He was attacked by Magellan and he beat Magellan. So I put up a monument for him and called it the Sentinel of Freedom of Asia. Wow. First Asian to beat the colonial invader. But mm -hmm. what did the uh, friars do? They said he was a killer. And every time you go, go to school, who killed Magellan is the question, not Samandulupig, Dika Pasisil. Nation right. invaders trample our sacred shores. That's Lapu-Lapu. Mm. So in the meantime, you grew up and say, Simbergüenza, Ambicioso. Those are words, Mahirap Kalang, Hindi Mo You're poor, you cannot overcome. And I, 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 I called it putting walls in our minds, putting uh, blinds in our, blinders in our eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like being inside intramuros. You're inside it or outside it. You cannot see what's inside the walls or beyond the walls. So I put up a light and sound museum there. They showed the struggle of this country until Rizal on the second floor yeah. wrote, because of his education in Spain, mm -hmm. wrote the Pili and the Noli, and he knew he was going to be killed, and he was killed. But then when he got out, he had already fired up, like Victor Hugo's Lemis Rav, Fired wow. up the French Revolution, and as you go out, the revolution is going out. And as you go out on the second floor of that building, you are now going out on top of the walls. No more walls to block your vision of the horizon. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want people to be, horizon chasers. Correct. Do not put a limit in your mind. Do not be afraid of the future. Make the future your friend. And do not Correct. overwhelm fear. Is you are either overwhelmed by it or you conquer it. And as far as I'm concerned, people are afraid. And as Shakespeare would say, I often cite Shakespeare, our doubts are traitors but make us fear, that make us fear or hesitate to, to do what might be good to do and make us fail to win mm -hmm. because we are afraid to so to do uh, for failure to attempt. That's and because amazing. of that, I and a simpler one, more than Shakespeare is uh, Jordan, Michael Jordan. He says, yep. you miss 1,000, that you miss uh, 100% of, yep. of the shots that you did not take. Absolutely. And Senator, I totally agree. And that's also reflective of the startup ecosystem. You look at the best apps that we, we all use, at least prior to the last couple of years. A lot of these things are, are, are technology that work here, what was made or developed somewhere else but now it's starting to change like the dash labs guys the kumu guys you know these are the people of homegrown tech created to also um solve filipino problem and they're not just limited to the filipino horizon or they're not boxed in by solving this little uh thing that we're doing but one last thing i wanted to ask before we take our last break since we're talking about tech and already going to the horizon i'm very very curious to know in red cross what are the metrics that you care about the most? Because at the end of the day, all of these things will all boil down to numbers. But I want to know what do you guys care the most and what do you measure the most among anything? Well, uh, it's uh, the fact that you're able to help suffer humanity, mm. that you alleviate it, and then that you uplift human dignity. Got it. And that's why we're not afraid. Uh, we put up the blood plasma convalescent uh, plasma. So people who have COVID will give their blood and we have saved about 50% to 60% of the people we help. Wow. Uh, we put up the emergency field hospital, which mm -hmm. was a leftover from Haiyan, 
and we put it together, put new beds and put the equipment there. So now we have our own hospital beside the lung center. And we put wow. up isolation centers. Nothing is limiting us. Our world is limitless. And that's the takeout of being in the Red Cross. Uh, uh, how do we make it happen? We make our people proud. We make them define themselves. Definition is the thing. How do you define yourself? Are you a loser? Are you a quitter even before you try? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to be a winner and forget all the brickbats, everything that mocks you? People will always mock you if you try. If you're short, they say you're a shorty. But short men like Napoleon conquered half of the world at the time. Yep. And, you know, it's never, never uh, a limitation. So what is important is your heart. God will measure yep. not your pocket, not your mind, but your heart. If you have the heart to love others and serve others, that is what matters. And that's why I love my people in the Red Cross. Oh, they get balled out. I'm a very tough boss. Yep. You know, I yell at them. Sometimes they have expletives as their first names. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, uh, they, they make sure. Uh, I'm the same. But they understand their boss. They know that I just want it. It's not personal. Mm -hmm. And when they do it, and when they finally do it, they feel satisfied. I got what I wanted, and the boss made me do what I really wanted, to be better than the best. And that's just tough love. I always say that to my team as well. I literally just went, went a little berserk. And yeah, they have to separate being intense versus you know be uh, having someone attack you because majority of the time you know I, I empathize with you so well we're just intense we're just very passionate about what we we, what we care for about paying it forward and really standing for the cause and if you can't separate the feelings from the message you know it, it's very hard to, to move forward and it's no snowflakes I've often been accused of being you know angry oh you're angry no I'm not angry I'm just passionate Exactly. And I'm very intense. And they exactly. say, oh, you think so fast. No, I think you think so slow. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree, man. I like I love talking about like uh, stuff like this because again, I am the same and people people don't get it. And I don't have to please people like that. But you know, if you're trying to get things done, sometimes you have to be a bad cop or yeah, be perceived. Yeah, I'm always a bad cop. You know, this all right. Senate Blue Ribbon Committee, they always go to you. <laughs> I said a bad cop because I'm not happy. And yeah. if they, they do it right, that's the time yeah. I become a good cop. Yeah. And you know what? When I say you're good, that means you're good. I don't, Correct. I don't mince my words. Absolutely. All right, now let's take our last break and when we come back, let's fade forward. And I wanted to ask you some tips on how you can be a better leader and a better entrepreneur as we continue this amazing season premiere in Hustle Share. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hi there, I'm Mish, host of Mish Conceptions, the podcast that talks about the common struggles of modern-day millennials and Gen Zs as we all navigate through college, enter the real world, and build our careers. Let's talk about the realities of adulting and corporate world that no one will tell you about. These are the things you wish you knew sooner to get ahead in life or simply just to get by. Join me in my podcast, Misconceptions, as we discuss maximizing college, life after college, building your career, self-improvement, relationships, and anything and everything that will help you on your personal and career development. So make sure you check out my podcast after you listen to this episode. See you there. Hey guys, 2021 has been an exciting year for cryptocurrency because of Bitcoin getting all-time highs almost at a daily basis now. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I use this app called B21 to invest in my crypto assets. What I love about B21 is they've made it so easy for me to invest because I do not have the time to watch the charts and see the dynamic flows of all these crypto assets. And because it's so easy to use, I was able to make massive gains right when Bitcoin was making that bull run. Now, I don't want to be the only guy who's actually benefiting from this because as a hustler, you need to make your money work for you. So download the B21 app now in the Google Play and App Store and use the code HUSTLE to see how easy it is to use and invest in your cryptocurrency now.
And we're back from the break. We are still with Senator Dick Gordon again, who has now told us the hustle behind the Philippine Red Cross. But I want to um, go dissect and pay it forward. Pick his brains how to become a better leader because you can't be intent if you don't know what the hell you're doing. And for a guy, this this is the decorated is really good. We need to really have, you only get one chance at this at, in your life. So I will really make the most of, out of it. Now, I want to understand, Senator, um, what's your style in holding people accountable and also how do you delegate to them? Because in order for a good man to do his work, especially in your line of work, public service and Red Cross, you need to surround yourself with the right team who can actually get it done, right? If you're gonna, they're going to be intense, they need to be able to execute well because all of your intensity will be put to waste if you're surrounded with people who can't get it done. How do you delegate and how do you make people accountable? Well, I always say there are no ugly people. There are only people who do not know how to look beautiful. <laughs> wow, what does that mean? That means there are no stupid people. There are only people who don't want to get smart. Mm. And smart means you have to do an awful lot of hard work, a lot of, a lot of research. Got and it. you've got to have uh, the passion and the uh, stamina. And uh, you cannot be soft-hearted. Right. I'm a very hard-driving boss. And if you don't get it, you get a lot of words from me. <laughs> if I yell, it's because you can't hear. And for so long as I'm talking with you, I still believe in you. But if right. I start talking in you, then that's a time I think you should say, I'm ready to go because my boss doesn't trust me anymore. I rarely try to give up on anybody. I find it my failure if I can't get them to get up to where I want them. And when, I, when they have to leave and they don't do it after so many, many instances, Millions sometimes of instances when I tell wow. them you have it in you and they still don't do it. And I say, perhaps it's time that you go. And I've done that with my classmates, even my senior citizen classmates. Mm. Who do they think that when they come out and join me, it is a companionship? No, it's work. Mm. Work. You have the experience, use it. If you don't right. use it, they can't use you. And I don't use people. I use them in the sense that they must perform because our job requires it. And that is why I always try to motivate. I'm a great motivator, I feel. But if you, uh, motivation is for those who want to listen. And if they don't listen, then there are those who fell, who fall by the wayside. You got to okay. listen. Sometimes I yell. You know why I yell? Because you do not listen. Correct. I've always been a cheerleader all my life. And that and I was cheerleader in high school and college. Oh, so man. when I raise my hands like that, everybody <laughs> so they listen. And then when I say, Fabio. And then everybody oh, will probably. If you don't listen, the cheer is weak and tepid. So it's exactly. important. When I tell them, I yell, you're not listening literally and figuratively. Absolutely. When you say OBF, you want to make sure that the opposing team is really rattled just by, <laughs> by your voice, right? Sorry, I'm a Sebastian. And I felt that. I played in the UAP in the juniors. And when I hear OBF, oh my God, and I'm the point guard, I'm bringing down the ball. I will really fumble. <laughs> I'm not even probably going to make it past the half court. All right. So I, I want to now understand, uh, Senator Dick, because you, you, you also said that, okay, that's how you lead. But, you know, sometimes in order for you to lead, you got to pick the right people around to, to get the job done too. It's the, that's just half of the job. How, who are the type of people you like to surround with? What are the traits that you typically look for? Because, again, even if you give them the best instruction, if they don't have the potential to even see or get to where you want them to be. You can lead a horse to water. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. Mm. I get what I have and I work with them. Got it. And they have to take care and carry the load. If they don't, then that's their that's on them. Okay. And a, little, a little bit on me because I may not have been able to motivate them. But as, as of late, you know, I noticed that a lot of young people they just want the money and they don't want to work. They yes. want to it's just like Having 49,000 lawyers who call themselves a tourne, but there's no justice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, that's how I look at it. And uh, so I say, define yourself. And many of them have stayed behind. I like working with young people because they're very trainable. And if they're ambitious and if their no, heart is in the right place, I have always been satisfied with them. Subic was run by young people who did the thinking, a lot of old people who did the hard work. You know, substance is better than form. And that's why I prefer to work with people who will keep up the pace, who will carry their load. In your life, you must carry the load. Otherwise, people will shun and uh, dislike you. 
And that is why I'm, I think I'm pretty successful on yep. that account. Absolutely. I mean, I, I hardly fire people. When I fire people, it's talagang wala nang pag-asa talaga yun. Tamad lang yeah. talaga. <laughs> Kaya ako, yeah. ang, ang sinasabi ko, it's better to know where you're going and not know how than to know how you're going and not know where. What is the bottom line? When I ask you something, go to the bottom line and say, this is our objective. And then you will never, never get lost if you know what the bottom line is, what the objective is. Because anybody can find his way back if he knows where he's going. That is amazing. All right, second to the last question. You're, you've been always the, the, the salesman. I love how you go into a, wall, to a, to a country and just get, hey, can you donate this, blah, blah, blah. What's your tip or your advice in networking and persuasion to make sure that you, know, uh, you, you, get what, you come, in, come in to a room and get what you need? I, I go to, uh, to, uh, to friends and I ask them for a uh, needs-driven approach. I need this. And, I, I, and I, when I say I need this, I go there. They respect me because I've done it before. Mm. If you just ask uh, and then, you know, you don't need uh, all that. And then you have to be accountable for it. Exactly. You know, it's always good to say you don't have to plaster their name donated by so-and-so. Sometimes it's better to keep quiet. Because to me, the greatest joy is you help something and you know that it's there. You don't have to find out, but it's there. And a lot of people have come to me and say, you know, uh, you know, when I went there to the vaccination center, they were all courteous, they were all polite, the machines were clean and everything. And that's a sign of the leadership. No, that's the sign of the people who have learned to respect themselves. That is why you should always give to the Red Cross because they're ready to work and not count the cost as you do, you give and not count the cost. Remember the Saint, the prayer of Saint Francis, uh, uh, Saint uh, Ignatius of Loyola, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to labor and not to seek for rest, to ask, to, to, uh, to toil and not to ask for reward. Say that of knowing and doing thy most holy and sacred will. And what is the will of the Lord? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That and that's amazing. Important. All right, last uh, second to the last question. Sorry, Senator Dick, I'm I'm very curious because this has been a very long hustle that you've been doing, and I'm pretty sure there are going to be ebbs and flows into this. But how do you keep yourself getting motivated to keep pushing forward? Because in business, it's easy. Like, all right, it's, it's numbers driven. Like, hey, I want to be able to exit. I want to get to this valuation, or I want to. It's it's easy to do that in in a typical career but for you especially in the red cross this has been here for a very long time what's your secret in getting going but this is why remember uh, during pinatubo we inherited theaters and then we were losing because the other theaters were giving money so that they can get the pictures you know what i became a lawyer of the theater owners of manila we said some sort of a cartel and i didn't have to pay the bookers and i got all the movies that made me a millionaire (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> <laughs> all the theaters were making money. Wow. Uh, on the other hand, uh, then the uh, Betamax and the VHS came in, the theaters slowed down, mm-hmm. and you had to uh, work a little harder. I would put the shark, uh, taxidermy shark, when I was showing yours. It mm-hmm. came out to marketing and making adjustments. Then wow. you lost it because the malls took over right. and you were gone. And so now uh, what did we do? I had my children flip hamburgers, literally. Wow. So we had uh, we, we got into the franchise of hamburgers. Mm-hmm. So we never go hungry because we saw our great our grandparents work hard to send us into an education. And you don't stop. You try to do certain things. I deal in the stock market. I've been lucky, and right now I'm not dealing with it. But you know, I bet you, if I wanted to get rich, I can get rich easily because I know what to do. Nice. And, the, and, uh, and that's why we keep looking at the next step. Put in more blood banks. Put in more molecular laboratories. Now we're putting on rescue trucks. And the more you show, the more people will give you because you're effective. Effectivity is the most important part of the game. The Mm -hmm. fact that you make a difference in the life of your people is uh, uh, what is important. And above all, I teach my children, I teach everybody two things. Number one, Rene Descartes, cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. So you should be able to think of something that will make you better. And finally, my hero when I was in the Ateneo right away was St. Stanislaus Kotska, a rich Polish gentleman. I wasn't after him because he was rich, but I wanted him because you know what he said? 
I was born for greater things. In Altum Bola, fly high. You can do a lot of great things. Never mind the torpedoes. There will always be people who will backbite you, who will always tell you you're mayabang. Well, pagami pagmayabang ka, magyabang ka. The noisy wheel gets the oil. It's the people who try, uh, who claim na mayra magyabang that loses. You know, right. natatalok. Kailangan talaga pakita mo yung galing mo at pagnalalo ka pakita mo magaling. There was a right. Jesuit one time who used to teach us. Somebody bullies you, kick him in the balls, and when he's down. Kick him in the face, so he never forgets. <laughs> of course, he was saying that so that we would be paid. Oh. Never saw him do it, but you know, I'm always good with my friends, mm-hmm. but I can also be uh, nasty uh, when they're nasty to me. But I'll tell you something: I had a very bad guy who used to attack us and left and right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, you know, he hit our people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One day, his daughter got sick. And I found out to a friend, and without him asking, I sent him the blood that was needed. I told my people not to tell them that I sent it. And after two years, I didn't say anything to anybody until one day he came out. Good for him. He said, I'd like to thank Dick and Kate because they saved the life of my daughter. And to me, that was an act of absolute humility. And to my mind, I was thankful that God and my father and mother raised me the right way, Mm. that we helped. And the Red Cross helped, and because of that, we're friends again. Keep close to your friends. Don't try to make enemies. Love your uh, love your enemies as much as you can. But if they hit you, hit them back in space. Sabi ko sa nanay, pag binato ko ng bato, batuhin mo na, huwag mo itaturn yung other cheek mo. Pero pagka tinitira ka lang, tinitira, batuhin mo ng panadiri, hindi pa rin titigil yun. But you can always keep him with kindness. When he gets hungry, he will eat the bread that you give. That is amazing and easily the biggest exhibition of big dick energy I've ever had on Hustle Share. So again, thanks very much. But if they want to reach out, what's next for the Red Cross and how can they donate if they want to be a part of the cost? And you know, I'm convinced I want to be part of the Red Cross now. How do they do that and where do they go? Uh, dial 143 and say I want to be a member and then uh, they'll send you on a CIF list and you can list it down. And then we'll get you down. And then if you want to train for first aid, you want to train for fundraising, you want to train to be a communicator. By the way, you did talk about communication. Very important for a leader. You must learn to communicate well and say it right. And uh, that's how you do it. You do it because you get your feet wet. You don't do it because you apply. That's form. You do it because you got your feet wet and you got to learn the hard way. And the hard way is always the best way. That's how you love somebody. Absolutely. All right. Thanks very much. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast app. And again, if there's going to be some jargon that we said, don't worry. It's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of the community, you can go to the Hustle Share community on Facebook to join us now. Again, Senator Dick, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Austin. I would like to thank you for so much for, uh, uh, Roster, I'm sorry, uh, for for this very great interview. I hope I did not overstep my bounds. Sometimes nope. I do that. Anyway, thank you so much. You are amazing and I couldn't have asked for a better season premiere. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. 
Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. 